Radio. You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Talk Naturally, the place where your animal friends and nature come together to find health, happiness, and harmony with all the natural things the earth has to offer. Your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason, each week will lead you through the practice of taking care of your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature provides. So, get ready to learn about natural nutrition, preventative pet health, and more with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Well, hello, I'm Dr. Kim, I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Dr. Jeannie, your other host. And today we're going to be talking about Pets at the Pearly Gates. We are going to be sharing with you some pre-recorded audios um, from two guests. Uh, Gary Kurtz, he's the author of Cold Noses at the Pearly Gates, is where we got the title for today's show. And that is not an interview with us, but an interview with Wayne, um, let's see, what's his, Wayne Kelly. He is Wayne on the radio and um, also does um, on-air publicity, and he interviewed Gary, and we obtained permission from both Gary Kurtz and Wayne to share this um, short recording with you, six minutes, a little over six minutes. And then we're going to um, share some audios uh, that we broke into parts from um, an interview that uh, Dr. Jeannie and I did last year with um, Dr. Randy Alcorn. He is the pastor of Eternal Perspective Ministries and also the author of the wonderful book, Heaven. It's a pretty in-depth study um, through the Bible on eternity in heaven, and specifically we're going to talk about the parts with Randy that pertain to animals in heaven. So again, yes, this is a focus of ours and a part of Animal Talk Naturally that I think we neglected in previous years, but we don't intend to any longer, do we, Jeannie? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's very much a focus for us. So I would like to just remind everybody about help still being needed with Baby Q. Um, you can go to uh, whalestewardship.org or also to um, dolphinwaters.org to see if you wouldn't please just, we know economic times are hard, but just you know the, the truth of the matter is the more we give, the more we are blessed with that. So, mm-hmm. um, And this, this, this is helping on so many different levels, not only helping baby Q, but other beluga whales as they study and learn right. how to better help them and what we are doing. Um, hopefully, it will, what the Whale Stewardship Project is, Jeannie, I think, doing is that they're going to help, hopefully, at least educate and undo some of the damage we've done in those waters. Right. It's pretty sad. Mm-hmm. So um, we hope that you guys will do that. This is obviously coming close upon the heels of the season of giving anyway. <laughs> right. So let's share with you this interview between uh, Gary Kurtz. Again, he's the author of Cold Noses at the Pearly Gate. You can find the website at www.coldnosesbook.com. I have it wrong in the chat room. It's coldnosesbook.com. And this is between him and Wayne Kelly of uh, Wayne on the Radio. So uh, let's see. i got to look for it because we've got so many audios today that I have to go and search for all of them. But here it is. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally will be right back. This valuable information comes from your pet. There's nothing like a wagging tail or friendly paw to lift your mood. They're therapeutic and make us feel good. Studies show pets even reduce stress, prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and fight depression. 
So there you have it. Pets are a daily dose of good health and happiness. Pets add life. To learn more, visit petsadlife.org. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com Pets can be a wonderful addition to your life because they're a member of the family. Keeping them healthy and happy is important. Pet Life Radio presents The Pet Doctor with veterinary media consultant and veterinarian Dr. Bernadine Cruz. Whether you have a dog, cat, reptile, or rabbit, you'll find answers for your pets straight from the vets. The Pet Doctor, on demand every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. So you had some family pets. Uh, These were little fish. Yeah, fish. Anything else? Uh, The boyfriend has a bird that's 16 years old. Okay, but so that's not you. I mean, you didn't grow up with pets then. No. No, me either. I missed out on that, but the kids have a couple hamsters, and what makes me sad is that one day the hamsters will no longer be with us. And you're going to have to explain to your kids what happened. We'll have a discussion on death, but I'm sure it will affect me too, being a manly man, but it's okay. And I I know that when you have this family pet, it it literally becomes part of your family, and then all of a sudden it dies, and it can bring the uh, strongest man to his knees Every single time. So the death of your beloved pet can really spiral the whole family into this deep depression. And I had to find out a little bit about what happens to Fido when Fido passes on. Is there a pet heaven? We're going to find out right now. Gary Kurtz on the phone with us. He's the author of Cold Noses at the Pearly Gates. He's got the answers about the uh, animal afterlife. Gary, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me, Wayne. Good morning. So uh, how did you come to write a book about pet afterlife? Well... Like anyone, I, I love my pets, and I lost a, a 16-year-old terrier that I had, a very dear dog to me, and I was distraught. I was just, you know, down and depressed. Mm-hmm. I was going to church the next day, so I figured I'd talk to my pastor and see, you know, pastor, I have questions on my mind. Is there a dog heaven? Is there a kitty heaven? Is there a place where my dog will go? And when I got there, the pastor's wife intercepted me. She said, Gary, you look so down. You're usually so happy. What's wrong? And when I told her, expecting compassion from her, she surprised me by saying, and I guess you think they went to doggy heaven. And it just devastated me. And it was a bad thing, but it was also a good thing because it was the catalyst for me saying to myself, 
you know, I want to find out. I want to find the answers. And so I started to do some research myself. I, I looked in libraries. I went to the Library of Congress. I went online, and there was nothing substantial written on this subject. Mm-hmm. And being a Bible student myself, I decided I was going to find out. And I did. I spent about six months researching hundreds of hours, many, many late, late nights, trying to find the answers. And I'm happy to say I arrived at good conclusions. And I can say without any doubt, there is a pet afterlife. My wife looked at the notes I had, and she said, you know, why don't you put a booklet together to help other people out? And a book was born. Wow. So, okay, do they have their own heaven, or is there just one heaven where everybody goes? Well, that's the misconception. And I have to say, there is no kitty heaven, there is no dog heaven, but there's also no people heaven. It's God's heaven, and we're invited there as his creatures. I guess it's a play on words, but yeah. but there is an afterlife for, for all of God's creatures. So, so when the hamsters pass away, we will see them again. I would imagine you would, yes, unless they're scurrying around with their new friends. <laughs> okay. But you, so you've done a lot of uh, research on this, and you've had a lot of people contact you. I mean, when they lose a pet, I mean, some people do grieve more for the loss of a pet than, you know, a distant family member. You, you know, that's true. And I, I guess the question is, why do they grieve so much? Yeah. I've really, I've really meditated on that, and I, I've done a lot of research with people who contact me. And the first thing that comes to mind is people just don't realize how much they love their pets until it's too late. Mm-hmm. And that really impacts upon them. They, they, they accent their, their grief with guilt because they didn't spend enough time with them. But it goes beyond that. People say that they're like family members, but indeed they truly are family members. I mean, they contribute to the family just like anyone else. And, and if they're not there, the whole that is left, it just, it's just devastating to people. They're like... Perpetual children, I guess. Children because we take care of all their needs just like we do our own children, but perpetual because they never move away. They don't go to college. They don't join the service. They don't get married. And and we feel that responsibility forever for them. And when you lose a child, what can be worse? Yeah, exactly. Now, have you become kind of a counselor of sorts? Oh, yes. Yes, I have thousands of people each year contact me, and I'm, I'm happy to say that it's usually... I'd say 99.9% of the time successful. Okay, so what do you say to people who've lost a pet? Well, we're looking, we're looking at recovery, and, you know, I have to admit, there's no magic wand. Mm-hmm. If I had magic words or a button to push to make them feel better, I would. But when you lose somebody, it's traumatic, and it stays with you for a long time. But I have three things that work at play in my counseling that I think take, take them to a better level. First, knowing that their pet is still alive, that it just didn't perish, it was annihilated, no longer exists, that takes the edge off of the loss. And it helps him to cope a little bit better with it. And then talking with others who face the same thing, you know, because people often think, I'm alone, nobody feels like me, nobody knows what I'm going through. But we do. And so on my website, I have different ways that they can contact other people, or they can email me personally. They don't have to buy a book, they don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. As long as they need me, they can contact me with questions, just to talk, to show me pictures of their pet, and it helps to have someone that you can assimilate with. Yeah. And then thirdly, getting another pet. And I know a lot of people say, oh, I could never do that. I'd be betraying the one that left me. But if you look at it in a different way, if you get another pet, rescue them from a shelter, and honor your pet in that way by rescuing one of their own, it will pay big dividends. I mean, in no time, that pet will worm its way into your heart. It'll be a bomb to your heart. And What's that old song say? Only love can mend a broken heart. Yeah. And it's true. It's so true. Okay. Gary, the book is called Cold Noses at the Pearly Gates. Yes, sir. 
Okay, and people can get it online, coldnosesbook.com. That's who, who, who needs this book? Who, who's it for? Well, I'll tell you, 70% of the households in North America have pets, and people care about their pets. The other 30% can't own them because of limitations on their, uh, on their deeds or leases. Right. Or they at least know somebody that has a pet. So the book is for anybody. Buy it for a friend. Get it for somebody who is in need. Pets don't live long. Right on. They have short longevity. Gary, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Wayne. We appreciate all that you're doing. Gary Kurtz and the book, again, Cold Noses at the Pearly Gates. Get more details at coldnosesbook.com. Well, Jeannie, I, um, some of the stuff I agreed with there mm-hmm. and some I didn't. I don't know how you felt, but we had discussed with Dr. Myrna last week um, about you know, being pet parents. And right. again, one of the things to remember is Gary is just a pet lover. He's not an authority in the pet world. But so our focus with sharing this was about the spiritual part, the eternal right. part. Gary's a pet owner. He's, he loves animals. He grew up with animals. He's around all kinds of animals. And I think as children, we're a little bit more close when we're allowed to interact with them, you know, as, you know, what's going on with all kinds of animal issues today and with children and pets. But we were so, they were so intertwined in our life. And so he grew up with them. I think we're closer with, to reality when we're children than when we get older. Yes. I for don't sure. think that um, pets, um, there's a whole, mindset out there about some of those things and um it's the book what i would hope people would do Jeannie, when they read this book is look at the eternal perspective yes. some of the especially the parts where he talks about health care for your pets if you listen to animal talk naturally for any length of time you're going to know most of that you want to throw out <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay because it's it's very allopathic and very you know mainstream right um, but look at it for what we did, and that, again, exactly. is the eternal perspective. And now we're going to share, uh, and it's going to be like we're having this conversation with Gary, again, only updated, I mean, with um, uh, Dr. Randy Elkhorn again, Jeannie, right. because um, we took parts of our our conversation from him that we had with him last fall in 2007 and um, share just some of the important things. And the first part's just really, really short. It's about animals in eternity. So here's Dr. Randy Elkhorn, and you can find his website at epm.org and we are referencing his book Heaven. My mind was changed where I had thought I had preconceived notions uh, that changed pretty radically as a result of researching scripture. Yeah. (laughs) And that was interesting because he went into it uh, with the idea that and we're taught this Jeannie, as you know, a lot of churches teach that animals do not go to heaven. Right. And they use the verse from Ecclesiastes. I think it's Ecclesiastes three that say they don't animals. They, they, it's a it's a bastardization of yeah. the um, of the actual original scripture that animals go to the earth and man up. But the, it's right. not really. King it's Solomon's asking a not, question, though. It's not making it's, a statement. Right, but they have changed it to make a statement instead of right. asking a question. And also it said all creation, all creatures, meaning right. us included. Mm-hmm. So there was a change to separate humans from animals. But as Dr. Alcorn is going to share further, um, it, it, it was wrong study. I think you need to go back to some of the older, older versions of the Bible, which our guest a couple of weeks ago, um, Mary Buttermeyer Porter, talked about when she talked with us about mm-hmm. animals and mortal beings. And she really, really breaks it down in her book um, in that book Animals Immortal Beings Um, and she's also the one who referred Gary to us because we're trying to show people that are coming together and this is a collective thing where we're all beginning to really question this because 
we want to know what happens to our pets. I think we also ought to be concerned with what happens to us. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'll, true. You know, it's, it's a no-brainer for the animals. They aren't the mm-hmm. ones who sin. We are, exactly. and so they are the ones that they, they, have, they have a free ride there. And after what we do to them on this earth, I think that's the least that could exactly. be for them. So um, we're going to hear more from um, Dr. Randy Alcorn. Well, of course God would restore the animals unless he decided, oh, that was a mistake. I did it wrong the first time. No. Yeah. Um, God doesn't make mistakes, <laughs> does he, Jeannie? <laughs> no, he doesn't. And we so do. What he, we were asking, do our animals going, when the earth, when there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and you're going to need to read his book to really get that whole picture. Mm-hmm. But it won't be as it always is here. And no. the new earth will include, so will animals, um, will animals be restored? Yes, they will. <laughs> so, um, again, it all goes, all of this is based in scripture, which I found fascinating, Jeannie, was mm-hmm. that, um, so many of these people who believe because we've been taught in church that animals don't go to heaven, that animals don't have eternal lives, that they just, they're born, they live, they die. Yeah. Um, I don't understand why we, how we got to that, but it was only in recent centuries, in, in the last couple hundred years, it wasn't That's prior right. to that, people knew mm-hmm. and understood that God, when God said all creation, he meant all creation. Exactly. And um, they didn't interpret it to mean only human beings. Can you imagine Eternity with only humans? No. <laughs> that would, it, w- it won't be boring because our God will be there, but it would be, right. I just, it wouldn't be like God to not bring oh, no. all the beauty with him. He with made him. all those creatures in the first place, you know, for our enjoyment. And what did he do? He breathed life into them. That's right. They became living souls. They did. Like and so now he's going to restore the earth, and we're going to continue on with um, what Randy has to say about that. Words mean bringing us back, God bringing creation back to what he designed it to be, to what he intended it to be. So the redemptive work of Christ is not designed to uh, give an alternative to what God first intended the earth to be, but to be the means by which the earth would be restored to what he intended it to be. Yes. So that's, that's one of the basic assumptions, by the way, um, that we would bring to, to the whole animal issue, even if it was not explicitly addressed in Scripture, which I actually believe it is. But even if it wasn't, if we're talking about a, uh, a, a, a reclamation project, and that's what redemption is, then we look at Genesis 1 and 2, and what is the crowning point of God's creation? Human beings. But everything works up to human beings who are created in His image. Well, what's the second to last component of creation? That's animals. And Mm -hmm. what's the first responsibility given to human beings? Well, it's to rule over the animals, to care for the animals, to benevolently have dominion over the animal kingdom. Second thing we do, second most important arguably, we tend the garden. We care for uh, the... um, uh, the, 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 the living... The plants. Uh, yeah, the plants, the trees, right. That part of the ecosystem uh, that is not living in the same sense that animals are, uh, but nonetheless are what we call living things, the vegetation. And so that, that's, that's God's original plan. So if he is going to give us a new earth, and then we're told that in the new earth there's water flowing through uh, 
the the uh, center of the New Jerusalem from the throne of God and the tree of life on that same tree of life from Genesis. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally will be right back. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Hello! I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. My pet experts will be coming to the party to answer your pet questions, and they'll also be sharing their favorite stories and messages with us, but I'll be asking them some tough questions. We'll get their opinions on the hot-button topics like the pit bull ban, pet food, vaccines, religion, politics, and animals, cat decline, and the latest news, whatever's turning the animal world on its head, we'll be talking about at the animal party. This party's got bite. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. And he goes on to explain further about that tree of life. He'll just have to read your Bible (laughs) (laughs) to find out more about that. But look forward to. Oh, me too, Jeannie. You know, you and I talk about this all the time. Mm -hmm. But that, but, but the point is that the animals will be restored. That's with right. us, and that they were second to last in creation. God created everything in six days. Seventh day, He rested. Seventh day was Saturday, Sabbath. So the sixth day was when we were created. The fifth day right. is when the animals were created. And interestingly enough, prior to them, prior to it was all the birds of the air and the fish of the mm-hmm. sea were created prior to all the land animals. Right. So animals came first, and the garden, of course, was before that. So right. God pre- provided all of that for us to enjoy mm-hmm. together in a coexistence. And I caught something that Randy said, and it really stuck with me, benevolent dominion. Yeah. Yeah. Not forceful no. dominion, no. but benevolent dominion. And mm-hmm. dominion just means stewardship. That's right. It just means caring for. And watching out for. Watching out for. Mm-hmm. And again, from the beginning of time, animals were created for God's pleasure. They are His. He gave them to us to enjoy with Him. Right. And therefore no man 
can put asunder that interconnected bond between man and animal. No man will ever be able to do that. No matter how much legislation comes down the pike, no matter how much they rant and rave and protest, it will not happen. So we want to focus on that and the good and in in, in in our responsibility. And I think that our responsibility includes understanding their nature so that we oh, won't have the situation that we do. I mean, Jeannie, you know, you wrote an, an amazing article re- recently on species-appropriate nutrition. And yeah. it talks about, you know, how to properly feed our animals. And I think that that is a responsibility, that we as people need to understand how the anatomy and how our animals work, what mm-hmm. they need to thrive, and provide for them accordingly. Because we wonder why there's behavior issues when we're feeding them. And properly, heck, we're having behavior issues in children from all of the processed foods they're eating. That's true. So true. So why wouldn't we have behavior problems in animals? More dog bites and more animals weren't like mm-hmm. this. I mean, I was at um, recently at Canine Kitchen, which is a raw feeding um, um, store here in, in New Mexico, and there were three bulldogs in there. And I had just heard today someone say that those can be such mean dogs. Oh no! These were the most tail wagging happy dogs you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> they were like big love sponges. Oh, they were <laughs> just dogs. So I said, "Oh, yeah. well, I'm going to give you lots of kisses and hugs, mm-hmm. and I'm going to wiggle my little teeny tiny tail here." And, yeah. And the other raw fed Bernice Mountain Dog. Hikinu. Oh. Mm-hmm. Happy, 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 kiss, hug, hug, happy. Yeah. <laughs> and not, not. They were just happy dogs because they're being well cared for and properly right. cared for. Again, that that is our benevolent dominion. So let's hear what else Randy has to say. And he does, you know, he really, he really, I, I really feel like I'm. He's very, very passionate about all of this and about mm-hmm. us focusing on what Jesus did for us and is doing for us and will do for us. But the way Scripture points uh, paints the picture is that we were appointed as the head stewards of all creation. So when we fell, creation itself uh, fell on our coattails, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So um, and we're told that death entered the world through Adam. So the the original sin of Adam and Eve, death comes into the world, and the animals, even though they didn't sin, they suffer the consequences of our sin because death isn't just restricted to us. It extends to all of creation that was under us. The great message of Romans 8 is, well, one of the great messages of Romans 8 is that as the whole creation uh, fell uh, on our coattails, and now we're, we're told the whole creation groans with longing in anticipation yes. for the deliverance that will come with the resurrection of the children of God. So here we're told in Romans 8 that as all creation fell on our coattails, all creation will rise on our coattails. And that's, that's the great promise of God. Indeed. (laughs) Yeah, the great promise of God. Mm -hmm. So, again, well, everything looks awful here. And for the life of me, I can't understand why anybody would want to keep coming back here. Yeah. Um, (laughs) When I hear about reincarnation, you know, I'm going to take a stand here now and say I don't believe in that. And I don't believe in that because I am a Christian and I believe the Word of God and I believe it to be the Word of God as a Christian. As I have read, I've never read any book that has impacted me more that just went exponentially deeper and deeper. The more I read, the more is revealed, and it's only revealed to me, and it has only been revealed to me as I became a 
a Christian, which meant right. that I repented of my sin, turned from it, and turned toward Jesus who died for me on a cross. You wanted to know what I he want had to, to say. You wanted to know the truth, yeah. I want to, yeah, and you do also, Jeannie, and so mm-hmm. we turn to this. And the more he reveals to me, you and I used to question, what in the world are we going to do for God as, as you know, in, in the animal world? Then we understand right. that our, the two primary purposes in the beginning of time was to tend the garden and to tend the animals. And I can think of a better thing <laughs> a because better of the two. Yeah, and so we're veterinary nature of how we focus on nature and, and nourishment through creation, what God gave us in nature and animals. Like, you know, the original, the original jobs. That's right. <laughs> I find that just really, and, and the, those are the oldest professions, by the way. <laughs> yes, they are, no doubt. So I'm very excited about that, and, why we, and one more reason why we're so passionate about sharing this. And now Gary's going to talk with us about the everlasting covenant of God. Remember, any time God makes a covenant, is very serious, and it is always everlasting. And right. you can read a book by K. Author called Our Covenant God to get more knowledge about what covenant means. It's such a significant passage. I'm turning to it right now in, in, in Genesis 9, uh, where after the flood, and this is where I think it's, it's the best explanation comes after the flood where he's got these creatures um, that are released from the ark and go out, and here, here's what he says, um, be fruitful, increase in number, multiply in the earth, and increase upon it. Then God said to Noah and to his sons, all right, now he says, I now establish my covenant with you, with your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, so you have tame animals, wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth, I establish my covenant with you. Now he is talking not simply to human beings. Mm-hmm. He is specifically, and going out of his way, not only says all of them, he, he lists the different categories of them, and then he repeats every living creature. Then, two verses later, he says, it, it says, and God said, this is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature. Then I set the rainbow uh, in the clouds. It'll be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth, not just me and you, but the whole earth, which includes animals, vegetation, whatever. Then he says, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Well, this is now the fifth affirmation so far that, that he's including the animals. And then two verses after that, he says, whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it. And remember, the everlasting, this is not a temporary covenant. It is an everlasting covenant between who? God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. I think sometimes in Scripture you say, well, why would God repeat something again and again and again? Well, probably because he knew we'd miss it. If you said to the average Bible college or seminary graduate, uh, who does God make a covenant with in Genesis 9, the answer would be mankind. Hmm. And yet, five or six times emphatically, he states, this covenant is not simply with mankind. It is no, with it's every living creature. It's with right. the animals as well. 
Again, brings tears to my eyes. I <laughs> know, uh, just knowing he made it with the animals mm. and he repeated it and repeated mm-hmm. it and repeated it because, as Randy said, because um, we're kind of thick and, and we need to get forgetful. that message yeah. that the covenant was with the animals and with us, not mm-hmm. just us. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that's how much he cared for them. That's right. how much he does care for them. And they're very important to him. And we have put them aside in our mechanistic industrial mm. mind. Sure have you know, in our technological, scientific minds. They are living beings, and God cares for them. And this is why he's put you and I in this position, I believe, Jeannie, I really do. Right. Um, to share this. And also, at the flood was when all animals, when the differentiation between predator and prey happened, because mm-hmm. there was no vegetation left on the earth at that time. That's right. Prior to that, everybody was veg- vegan. Vegetarian. That's right. Yeah, vegetarian. Ve- well, vegan, really, except for vegan. You know, vegan. Yeah, exactly. Um, all of the technical. That's right. <laughs> animals and and all animals and all people. Mm-hmm. After the flood, that changed. Predator and prey happened. We needed flesh to sustain our lives. The the, the protection around the earth um, was gone. That's when the first rains ever happened and so forth. And whether you believe that or not doesn't negate it. No. Um, and so then came what is now predator, prey, and there are carnivores and omnivores and herbivores, and I think we need to honor that. I really do, because one day... The Lord will make it right again, and it will be better than anything we've ever had before, and we won't need the meat and all animals, Mm. and all of us will be vegan again. So while a lot of people aspire and want to force people to that now, it's it's just not the way things are. Well, and it's certainly not the way it is for our animals. We can't force a vegetarian diet on our carnivorous pets. No, we wouldn't force so a we wouldn't force a carnivorous diet on our um, horses and cows. That's we shouldn't right. force a, uh, an herbivorous diet on our dogs and cats and ferrets and other carnivorous animals. That's and again, right. it goes back to benevolent dominion and stewardship. That is mm-hmm. humane. That is what is kind. So we're going to hear what Gary has to say. <laughs> I mean, not Gary, but uh, Randy has to say about the talking serpent. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think one of the things that uh, is significant, and I just raised this question in the book, is why was meat first given to people to eat? Why was permission to eat meat first given after the fall? I mean, after the flood. In other words, you would expect it to have been after the fall. Okay, everything's right. different now, mm-hmm. so go ahead and eat animals. No, it's after the flood, which appears to happen, we don't know how long after, but a long time. I mean, civilization has developed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it's, it's, it's a long time after the fall. Well, I think one of the reasons may be that there was still a residual intelligence, a high level of intelligence in animals that was theirs in the garden that then even after the fall, human beings got dumber after the fall. You know, I think animals got dumber after the fall, but with animals, I think it just continued to diminish. Uh, And there's still, of course, um, great intelligence, relatively speaking, among some animals. But nonetheless, I think there there was a a deterioration, a diminishing. I think there's a real statement about what animals were like in the Garden of Eden to consider that God did not give them his food until a great time later. And and, And it raises that question of why. But the other part of it, which I talk about in the book, is it is remarkable that you have this serpent 
who's talking to this woman, and no mention is made of, now this is a strange situation, we had an animal <laughs> talking to a woman. You know, it, it's like, oh, okay, I mean, do animals talk to us? I mean, if one animal talked in the garden, and of course we, we, we usually think of, oh, well, of course, it's just, it's just because Satan, an intelligent being, indwelt that animal. But that animal, it would seem... Would I mean Satan doesn't inhabit a rock and then the rock starts to right. you would think that that animal had some ability mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. communicate. It wasn't like mind mind transfer or something like no. that. No. And you know, again, we were just talking about that, weren't we, Jeannie? That mm-hmm. um, you know that, and there was intelligence. There's part there, and now we're seeing more and more, which I find interesting. Yeah. But more and more, it's like the animals have stopped with. Okay, we're not we're not dumb. Mm-hmm. We don't speak your language necessarily, but we sure understand you far better than you understand us. Right. And we're going to show. I really do think that God is working to show people, and He is using animals to remind us of what it was like. Um, especially with all these exceptionally intelligent ones like Alex yes. that were coming out and Jessica the hippopotamus and mm-hmm. uh, the lioness that refuses to eat me and so forth and so on, the different things that we're seeing, the, and the just phenomenon right. that we're seeing in nature. And one of the things to remember, I think, um, that we hadn't mentioned, Jeannie, is that in the beginning there were no wild animals. All animals That's were right. dead. That's absolutely true. And we coexisted in complete and utter harmony. Mm-hmm. Leave it to human beings to screw it up. <laughs> and thank God he sent his son to, to, so that we would be redeemed. The yeah. animals are redeemed, period. I mean, right. they don't have they to. Never they, they never right. fell. They never fell. Creation fell, sinned. but mm-hmm. they never sent, so they, didn't, they will be there. That's um, right. And it will be awesome. And every time you see your dog or your cat or any animal that you have do something absolutely amazing, remember that that's, it was far far different in the beginning they were so much more intelligent and if you think they're intelligent now just wait just wait (laughs) just wait till the new earth and randy's going to share that with us now the big term that i use for it in the book is christoplatonism it's a way of thinking of it's a christian version of the platonism of the old greek philosophers which believed that all good things are spiritual things, and bad things are physical things. The physical yeah. world is somehow bad. Our physical bodies are bad. The earth is bad. Animals are bad. Everything's bad. All, everything is physical, and one day God will deliver us from this physical world, so we will live in a spiritual world for all. That is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches resurrection. And resurrection is that God doesn't give up on the physical. Rather, he removes the curse. He removes death. He restores the physical to what it was originally meant to be and what it will be for all eternity. For instance, the incarnation of Christ is not was not a temporary condition. He did not come down, oh, I'll be a man for 30-some years, then I'll die, and I'll just go back to being God. Well, of course, he remained God the entire time that he was a man, but he didn't stop being a man. This same Jesus who was taken up in his resurrection body is the one who will return. He will reign on the throne, we're told in Revelation 21, in the new Jerusalem, the physical incarnate Christ he will be physical and incarnate 
forever. And his home will be the new earth. So God is not going to take us up ultimately to live in a disembodied angelic realm of spirit beings. Rather, God is going to come down already has come down on the person of Christ, but he's going to bring heaven down to earth, and God will reign on the throne and be with his people living in our world. So it's not that he just takes us up to live in his place. He comes down to live in our place forever. Amen. Mm-hmm. And that is for um, the new earth, when mm-hmm. it is um, when everything is said and done. And again, um, our animals will be there. Now yes, the question remains... Well, all of us. Mm-hmm. And will they I be pose, the ones looking for us? <laughs> yeah. I pose yeah. that if we haven't surrendered our hearts to Jesus and turned to him and asked him into our lives, it is promised that we will not be there. Right. And our hope is that all of you who have been our avid listeners over the past couple, what we're into our fourth year now. Four, yeah. Um, we'll be there with us. We'd love to know you, and mm-hmm. we'd love to hang out with you and hang out with all those wonderful animals. <laughs> That's what Jamie and I talk about all the time. Um, and there's some really beautiful things to read in Revelation about what that new earth is going to be. Randy's mm-hmm. book really elaborates on it. Yeah, it's um, a beautiful book. Heaven, yeah, and you can mm-hmm. find it at epm.org or also on Amazon.com or any of your bookstores because it's everywhere. Let's hear what our hope is and one of the scriptures that we leave on our website at animaltalknaturally.com all the time and for this purpose. And the other one is um, Jeannie Loves, which is uh, hers is Job 12, 7 through 10. This one is Isaiah 11, 8. Listen to the promise of God in, in Isaiah 11. It's talking about... Uh, the new earth, the way things are going to be, with Messiah on the throne, and then it says, the wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them, the cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And then it talks about how the nations will rally to the root of Jesse and all of that. And then, of course, you've got that in Isaiah 65, where we've got very similar language of animals with people in complete harmony, in complete harmony with each other. And a mistake we often make is to say, okay, well, that's talking about the millennial kingdom. But the thing is, in these passages, for instance, Isaiah 65, it specifically says, it uses the terminology, Behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth. And uh, Jerusalem will be created as a delight, as people as a joy, and the sound of weeping and crying will be heard no more. People will build houses and live with them, etc. And then it says, The wolf and the lamb will feed together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. And it repeats it, and it makes it clear. This is not simply a, fa- a temporary thousand-year millennial kingdom. In, in now, it may have applications to the millennial kingdom. I do believe in the little millennial kingdom. But clearly, in its context overall, 
it's talking about the new earth. It's, it's eternal. It's an everlasting covenant, as, as Genesis 9 says. And everlasting means way more than 1,000 years. <laughs> It means everlasting. <laughs> and it, the Bible also says John, in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall what, Jeannie? Shall not perish, shall but not have perish, everlasting shall have life. Shall have eternal life, everlasting life. And Randy just talked about everlasting being everlasting. Mm-hmm. And um, we hope that you got that pure message um for us it is our heart it is why we do what we do and it's why we um want to let you know that animals are going to be in eternity forever and ever Uh, let's make sure we're there too let's make sure we're all there too and um i think that i don't know that we could add anything further to that (laughs) (laughs) and so in the spirit of love and truth we hope you all have a tail wagging, hoof stomping, wing flapping, perfectly animal talking day. Pets and nature come together every week on Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason. Learn how to care for your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature has to offer so your pets can live a happy, healthy, and harmonious life. Pet Talk Naturally, every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Naturally.